Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. I just wanted to warn you, we are starting the Black Narcissus storyline, but we are missing the conclusion. We have parts 1 through 5, episode 7, but we are missing, I believe, the last three episodes. But what we do have is, is good, and I'm pretty sure that Clark, Lois, and Jimmy all make it out okay. We apologize for the inconvenience. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellows and girls, somewhere in the Solomon Islands, there are a lot of big, tough, fighting Marines. And they're carrying guns that you may have helped to buy for them. That is, if you've been buying your share of war-saving stamps for victory. You see, every single dime you exchange for a war-saving stamp helps to buy the guns and bullets, the planes and bombs, the ships and the shells that are going to lick the Nazis and the Japs. Now, we know that all red-blooded Americans can't actually wear Uncle Sam's uniforms because, well, because some of us are too young or too old to join the Army or Navy. But there is one big important way we can help. We can buy war-saving stamps and bonds. We can lend our money to Uncle Sam and put weapons into the hands of American fighting men. Why, do you know that your dime spent for a war stamp is the same dime used to buy five forty-five caliber bullets. I guess you know, too, and the Japs and the Nazis certainly do, what a soldier or sailor or Marine can do with five bullets. And speaking of sailors, you might be interested to learn that every time you buy five war stamps, that same 50 cents buys enough fuel oil to carry a destroyer a full mile closer to its objective. Now, that makes buying war stamps pretty exciting, doesn't it? So, look, let's make a promise to ourselves right now. Let's promise to buy war-saving stamps every week regularly. And you can help even more than that. You can get your friends and your mother and your father and all the people you know to buy war bonds and stamps regularly. They'll want to help, too, when you explain to them how important it is for all of us to do our share to help our brothers and friends in uniform. Our boys are going to win this war, and we've simply got to help them. So remember, every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. And now, the adventures of Superman. En route from Mecca to the Belgian Congo to search for an Arabian prince missing for 15 years, Clark Kent and Lois Lane were forced to stop off at Khartoum on the River Nile in Egypt in order to secure medical attention for young Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy is desperately ill, having pricked himself with the poison thorn of a black narcissus flower. 
In Khartoum at the hospital, the chief of staff, Dr. Hammond, informed Kent that Jimmy was doomed unless he received an injection of a special serum. And the nearest supply of the serum was at Cairo, a thousand miles away. As Superman, Kent flew to Cairo, got the serum, and returned to Khartoum, only to find the city undergoing a bombing attack by eight German planes. Fearful lest the hospital be hit, Superman has taken a position on the roof and, bracing himself, hurls a challenge at the Nazi birds of death flying above him. All right, you Nazi murderers, I'm ready for you. We'll play a little game of baseball, you and I. You toss him and I'll catch him. That one missed by a mile. Go to that. Don't tell me you're not trying to hit this hospital. From all I've heard, you'll bomb anything with a roof on it. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no, I'm not. Here comes one, and it's a big one. Looks like a thousand-pounder. Aim right at the hospital. Well, we'll see how far it gets. Ah, that's number one. Now, I'll just rip the detonator cap off and drop the bomb in the sand. An American plane can deliver it back to Berlin with my compliments. All right, boys, how about tossing me a curve now? That one was too easy. You couldn't play for a sandlot ball team pitching them that way. Let's see a couple of tough ones. Come on. As though in answer to Superman's challenge, two huge thousand-pound bombs drop from the rack of one of the German planes and come hurtling down toward the hospital roof. Again, Superman catches them, this time one in each hand, rips off the detonator caps and brings them down to the sand two stories below. Meanwhile, 10,000 feet above the city, the bombardier of the plane that has been concentrating on the hospital looks up from his bomb sights, his face ashen gray, and his eyes bright with terror. Quickly, he flips the communicator key, opening the telephone line between himself and the pilot. Oberleutnant. Yeah, what's this? My eyes. Something has happened to my eyes. What are you talking about? There is a man on the roof of the hospital. Twice I have dropped bombs and twice he has caught them in his hands. Are you out of your mind? Believe me, Oberleutnant. I see it clearly through the bomb site. He wears a red cape. Well, I'll answer you, fool. Either you are suffering hallucinations or it is an optical illusion. A British trick. I will drop to 5,000 feet. Release another bomb and I will watch through binoculars. Yeah, Oberleutnant. Friedkin, Achtung. Jawohl. We are at 5,000 feet. Release the bomb. I will watch it. Jawohl. It is released, Oberleutnant. So I see. I am following it down. It will be a hit. A direct hit. Oh, fake. So my eyes deceive me. It's a man in a red cape. He has caught the bomb. You see, I am right. No. It's impossible. It's some foul British trick. Put the Bombay and man's machine gun. But everything we will eliminate it at once. I am diving. You are ready with the machine gun, Fritzgan? Yeah. Whatever it is, man or trick, get rid of it. You understand? Yeah, of course. I will bring you directly over the hospital roof and pull out at 200 feet. Say good. Do not lose your head, Fritzgan. It is only a trick. Yeah, over like this. We are at 1,000 feet. 
And you didn't see Superman on the roof? No, I don't think the Egyptian air raid wardens did either. They're not Egyptian, they're English. And three of them couldn't be wrong. Not only did Superman stop the bombs, but he wrecked one of the German planes in midair. You saw the wreckage strewn all over the park, didn't you? Yes, but one of the anti-aircraft batteries could have done that. You know, I don't know why it is, but whenever anybody mentions Superman and the amazing things that he does, you poo-poo it. It's just that you're jealous. Jealous? Why should I be jealous? Because you can't do the things that he can. Now, believe me, Lois, I'm the last person in the world to be jealous of Superman. After all, what's he got that I haven't got? Oh, Clark, you're not serious. Well, of course I am. Well, let's not waste time discussing it. It's the most laughable thing I ever heard of. But do you realize that Superman saved this hospital from being destroyed? Oh, did he? Now, you're just trying to be funny. What did Dr. Hammond tell you about Jimmy? Well, no more than he told you. The antivenin injection seemed to have worked. Oh, good. Jimmy's fever has dropped, and evidently the crisis has passed. How long will he have to remain in the hospital? Oh, at least a week, possibly longer. You know, I was thinking that I'd, um, that I'd go on to the Congo and leave you here with Jimmy. Oh, you were? Well, not interesting. Well, it's the only possible solution, Lois. We can't leave Jimmy here alone, and the pilot of our plane refuses to wait over a week. Even if you pay him something extra? Well, that air raid scared the life out of him. He wants to go on to Lado, where he planned to drop us off, or return to Mecca. Well, this much I know. You're not going on without me. Whether you like it or not, I'm just as important as you are. It hasn't anything to do with importance, Lois. If the pilot returns to Mecca, none of us will go. Lado is 700 miles from here. It would take three weeks to get there by boat. And what I understand, the Nile has some awfully treacherous spots. All right, then none of us will go. But, Lois, we promised the sheik we'd make every effort to find his son. We've accepted money and we... Here comes Dr. Hammond. Take care of that. Oh, I'm sorry to keep you waiting. Uh, Jimmy's sleeping now. He's rallied beautifully. Oh, good. A week should see him up on his feet and as good as new. Well, that takes a big load off our minds, Doctor. You've been wonderful, Doctor. Oh, I can't take any credit much as I'd like to. It was Mr. Kent who dug up that anti-venom serum. Where on earth did you find it, Kent? Well, I'm afraid that'll have to remain a secret for personal reasons. Uh, You say Jimmy won't be out of bed for a week? Mm, At least a week. It'll take that long for the swelling in his arm to recede. Mm -hmm. Well, that creates a problem. A problem? Well, Mm -hmm. can I be of any help? No, I don't think so. Uh, tell me, Doctor, would Jimmy be quite safe here if Miss Lane and I decided to leave Khartoum for a week or so? Ah, do you think I'm going to leave Jimmy alone in a strange city while you're out of your mind? He won't be alone, Lois, if Dr. Hammond well, no, feels... No, no, just, just a moment, Kent, just a moment. Something's troubling both of you. Perhaps if you'll tell me what it is, I may be able to help. After all, I'm a good deal older than you are. You might just as well tell him, Clark. Okay. You see, we were on our way to the Belgian Congo, Dr. Hammond, when this thing happened to Jimmy. The Belgian Congo? Mm-hmm. Well, what on earth would you do down there? Well, it may sound a little fantastic, but while we were in Mecca, we met Sheikh Mohammed. He told us his son had gone to the Belgian Congo 15 years ago and had not been heard from since. So I promised the Sheikh I'd try to find his son. You mean to say you plan to take Miss Lane and young Jimmy into the Congo? Well, that's just the point, Dr. Hammond. I realize it's no place for them, and I've been trying... Oh, hold on a minute, Mr. Kent. I'm a newspaper reporter, Dr. Hammond. My job is to get the story no matter what. Mm-hmm. The Belgian Congo doesn't frighten me. I'm not the kind who screams at the sight of a mouse. Well, that may very well be, Miss Lane, but still in all, most of the Congo is wild, impenetrable jungle. Strong men have lost their lives going through it. It's hardly the place for a woman and a boy. I tell you, Dr. Hammond that. is absolutely right, Lois. If Prince Saber is alive, which I doubt, I can find him alone. Oh. Prince Saber, did you say, Ken? Yes, he's the sheik's son, the one who's missing. Saber. It's an unusual name, isn't it? Yes, very unusual. And 
Yet I, I seem to have heard it before. Let me think, Moon. Well, I imagine it's an Arabian name, Doctor. Probably handed down from the ancient Hebrew. Hebrew. Now, where have I heard that name? Where... Wait a moment, I know. We have a patient here whose name is Saber. What? He's suffering with tropical fever. Well, that's rather a coincidence, isn't it? I wonder. Tell me more about the man you're looking for, Ken. Dr. Hammond, you don't think that your patient is Prince Saber, do you? Well, stranger things than that have happened in the Far East, Miss Lane. Uh, Kent, uh, how old is the prince? Well, now, let's see. His father told us he left Mecca when he was 25. That would make him 40 now. Yes, I should say this man is about 40. Uh, is the prince tall or short, do you know? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The sheik neglected to give us that information. Well, I suggest we have a look at this man, Kent. Of course, as you say, it may simply be a coincidence that he bears the same name as the chap you're looking for. On the other hand, it's a rather unusual name, and to run across it twice like this might mean something. What do you say? Shall we have a look? Oh, yes, of course. Coming along, Lois? Yes, I'm coming. Just follow me. I think he's in Ward A, but we'll find out soon enough. Strange how that name struck with me. I, I'm usually very bad at names, Ken, but that one evidently registered. Oh, here we are. Now oh, then, there he is in the fourth bed on the right. Uh, after you, Miss Lane, Ken. Thanks. Well, seems to be sleeping. These tropical fever cases sleep a great deal. He certainly looks Arabian, if that means anything. I'm afraid it doesn't. Khartoum is probably full of arrows. No, it is. Aren't you in possession of any facts, Ken? Any identifying marks that might tell... Oh, Scott, huh? Doctor, how stupid of me. It's a lucky thing you mentioned identifying marks, Dr. Hammond. You mean the prince has some that you're aware of? Yes. A V-shaped scar on his left shoulder, just below the collarbone. Well, now we're getting somewhere. You, you say the left shoulder. Yes. Can. And I suggest we look at that shoulder at once. Anxiously, Kent and Lois look on as Dr. Hammond leans over the iron cot and prepares to bear the left shoulder of the sleeping patient, the man whose name is Saber. Is the V-shaped scar there? And if it is, Kent's search for the missing Arabian prince has come to an end. Don't fail to listen to tomorrow's revealing episode. Listen in every day, Monday through Friday. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Yes, be sure to tune in again tomorrow for another thrilling Superman episode. And don't forget what else you're going to do. You're going to buy war stamps as often as you can get mother or dad to give you a dime. Now, you know when you see that big capital S on a three-cornered shield, you recognize it as the emblem of Superman, and you know at once what it stands for. Likewise, when you see the capital letters U.S. on a war-saving stamp or bond, you recognize them as the emblem of Uncle Sam, and it represents a pledge from Uncle Sam to you. His pledge to use every dime you lend him for more bullets and guns and planes and all the other things the American armed forces need to win a smashing victory from the Nazis and the Japs. So don't put off buying war stamps. Buy one every time you've got a dime. Uncle Sam is depending on you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual.